Welcome to the Directors UK podcast. In this episode, we heard from Paddy Considine, who talked to Chris Hewitt about starring, writing and directing his new film, Journeyman. Journeyman is the story of boxer Matty Burton, who suffers a life-changing head injury, which profoundly changes the way that he understands the world and relates to his loved ones. Listen on to hear what Paddy has to say about driving the story of recovery and where the idea came from. Please welcome Paddy Gonsadine. <laughs> Are you all right? I'm in a bit of physical pain. Okay. Um, no, my eight-year-old, I was wrestling with her yesterday, and it was it, the match was done. It was over, and uh, I was relaxing, and she decided to jump in the air with both knees and come down on the back of my ribs. So I'm bruised, badly bruised today. Uh, there you go. So she won. She won. Yeah, she always wins. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. Still, there you go. Uh, Paddy, congratulations on the film. It is absolutely fantastic. And it is good to see you back behind the camera again. Yeah. Um, it, has been, it has been a while. Uh, did you think that you weren't going to come back as a director again? Was, it, was this something that was always going to happen? Oh, I don't know. I mean... You know, on on you know, asked me yesterday. I'm never gonna make another film again. You know, and and then something happens where you uh, you feel the sort of build up of an idea or something, some urge to want to tell another story. But um, you know, I I became a director um, just because I felt like I wanted to establish my own voice. I felt like I you know through the years I was contributing to other people's films as an actor. And I felt like I was also giving it, while making a contribution, I was giving away a lot of my own personal ideas and things too. Sure. And so I just got to the point where I just felt this pull to want to tell my own stories mm -hmm. and establish that, you know. And, and, and so, you know, people could possibly see some, some separation between the, the actor work and, and myself as a, as a director, you know. Um, so... I always kind of knew that I wanted to tell my own stories and I, I always felt that at some point I'd be making my own films. And when I used to, when I worked early on in my career with Pavel Pavlikovsky, he used to introduce me to people and he'd, he'd say, then he says, Paddy's an actor, but he's not just going to be that. He's going to make his own films one day, <laughs> you know, and um, he was very encouraging in those early days. So I always sort of knew and, and so that when I made my first film it was a short film called dog all together that became the first feature tyrannosaur i just did it really as a test to say okay d d i've got 12 minutes can i tell a narrative can i tell the beginnings of something in that in that time frame mm -hmm. and and that was the only task i set myself technically you know as a director is can i actually do that and make something compelling in that amount of time mm -hmm. and um and then it led to the bigger picture idea which became Tyrannosaur. And, uh, but around the same time, this movie, Journeyman, was, was very much, it was percolating, wasn't it? It was very much, it was, it was, it was you, you'd started writing it, you had ideas for it. Yeah, I started writing it, in fact, when I was directing my first, my short film in, in Glasgow, I started writing this film then in, in note form, and then I put together a treatment for it and submitted it to the, then it was the UK Film Council. Okay. Um, and then 
Tyrannosaur took over and then I was I was adapting a book and other things sort of stalled me getting to make my next film. Um, but it had been around for some time and I always felt that I was going to make a boxing movie at some point. Mm -hmm. Not specifically a genre boxing movie, but something around that with, with boxing as a theme because I'd been such a fan of the sport since I was a little kid. It was quite an integral part of my life growing up. Um, so I'm not actually a boxer, but talking about it um, and being a fan of it. And I started off being a photographer when my late teens, I got pass, I blagged passes to fights, press passes, <laughs> so I could photograph Frank Bruno and Nazim Hamid and those wow. people. I hustled my way into those. Amazing. So th there was this idea that I was going to, at some point, play a boxer. I don't know, but it just sort of manifested and came out as Journeyman. And I didn't quite know what the film was going to be. I didn't know where it was going to go. Um, but I just started putting down a few ideas. And I, I started with a guy called Matty. And and it was a scene, pretty much how the film starts now, but he wasn't a world champion. He was a he was a Journeyman fighter. Okay. And he was just stepping out to make a few quid. Um, and it was a nothing fight, but he comes home at the end of the fight and uh, and... I remember writing the line, you know, then he collapses into the table and then I just thought, oh, shit, is, is this where we're going? Mm -hmm. And so I just explored that idea more and more and it became a film about brain injury and about recovery. Um, and I thought that was a side of this that people hadn't really seen before, you know, and in that way, I, if I was going to make a film with boxing, I just didn't want to make the typical sort of... Um, you know, narrative. Yeah, of course. Um, and and there's certain things that uh, you identify with boxing movies, and I thought this had to have a different quality to it. Otherwise, what's the point of, of exploring the subject? Oh, there is uh, boxing in the film, though. But at the same time, were you were you wary and aware, I guess, of the of so many boxing films that have, that have portrayed boxing fights in a certain way, whether it's you know Scorsese or or Stallone, and they all approach it in a slightly different way, but yeah, I mean, the Rocky was an amazingly inspiring film for me. I, I would say it's one of the myriad of reasons, but it's certainly in there of why I'm even sitting here. You know, as a person, it it made me get off my arse and and go out and strive at something. Just that that's the power of movies. And I think that's why I probably want to keep making them because there is a power within them. Um, but Rocky had all those beautiful sort of, it was about the self and it was about challenging the self and, and fighting beyond your limits and, you know, punching above your weight, so yeah. to speak. And just finding that satisfaction within yourself, the first one, setting a goal, saying all I want to do is go 15 rounds and achieving that, you know. Um, and there was a, a very redemptive quality about those fights and those stories. They're life lessons, the Rockies, if you, if you look at them all, you know. Yeah, but yeah. individually, but... Uh, Raging Bull was a different thing. Um, it was a different study, and 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 it, and it portrayed the boxing very, very differently. It was very stylized and very heightened, which really suited yeah. that film. Um, so each film was uh, was tackled, you know, differently art in, in a different artistic way. Mm -hmm. um, and I thought that was interesting. And I think one of the things that falls down for me in boxing movies is that they try to p portray the fight as as real and it doesn't come across as so because it's so very carefully choreographed that I can see the the moves and how it's all put together so when I watch it it's incredible choreography yeah but you can almost see it's like a dance and in that way it's brilliant 
and poetic, but I just felt that I knew I couldn't achieve that with Journeyman because I didn't have a month to shoot the fight. I had two days to shoot all that fight stuff. <laughs> and I'd been, and years ago I'd been, um, I had a very small part on a Ron Howard film called Cinderella Man. And it was, it was, you know, they'd been a month in one venue shooting the fight scenes and I used to go down and have a look around. And so I'd seen it and I knew that I didn't have that luxury. Um, so I had to tackle the fighting in this a little bit differently, okay, you know. Yeah. Um, but, um, and that came about, the way the fights portrayed in this film came about um, just through a, a YouTube video that the fight choreographer showed me. He didn't even think it was gonna lead to me getting an idea. He just said, have you seen this, bro? This is fucking great, man. And he showed <laughs> me this brilliant video. And uh, a fan had put it together and it was all these slow-mos and moments they caught of great fighters in fights. And I said, this is how we need to shoot this fight. We just need to catch the key punches and show some of the sort of attrition that goes on, you know, in, in the ring. Uh, as, as approaching this as a director, your second movie, uh, a few years after Tyrannosaur, were you aware of approaching it in a different way? I just, I don't know. There's always been something about me where I, I try to attack things in the most simplistic way possible. And e each film is <clears throat> brings its own set of um, rules and its own challenges um, and I think the first film that I made dealt a lot with secrets and and what the audience knew and the other ca characters didn't know about each other so I could be I could I could kind of show these revelations if you like I could I could flip narratives on the on their head a little bit and wrong foot the audience slightly and, and show the audience this very private world that the characters weren't even privy to between each other and I had some tricks for Journeyman, and none of them worked. None of them. And what I learned writing this film was that there was a certain amount of poetry I was afforded in Tyrannosaur that fell from um, Peter Mullen's character's mouth and Olivia's character's mouth. Yeah. They were much easier pe people to write because even though they were in such turmoil, there was, I could, there was some kind of poetry I could pull from it, you know? Um, some rhetoric that just would not fit the mouths of these people. Okay. And so as a screenwriter, I was there trying to make something, write something that would, that would stick, that would be eloquent. And, and you know, I realized, I went, you can't force words into these people's mouths. They're just normal people. He just happens to be, you know, a kind of world champion and a fighter. He's actually quite a decent guy, but he's good at fighting. And I couldn't, I couldn't force words into their mouths. They were just ordinary people mm. going through a really sort of unique, difficult, extraordinary experience. Yes. So, and every time I tried to pull tricks, the film didn't want it. And I have a sort of philosophy when I make a film and uh, when I write a script and go into a film, I sort of say to myself that um, it's, like, it's like a beast. You know, you you have to listen to it. It, 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 it. Anything it doesn't want, it'll shake it off like an irritating fly or something. <laughs> it's a beast, and it's just up to you to put your head on its belly and listen to it breathe. You know, and that might sound like a load of old shit, but it works for me. Yeah, yeah. It's a beast, and I realize at some point I'm not its master anymore. You know, it tells me what it wants to be. So is this something that that you learned as you were shooting? Uh, no, it's just something that I I it's just my process of working. Yeah. You know, it's just you have to honor it. You you create this thing. 
-hmm. You create it from nothing. It, it comes from in here. Mm -hmm. And then you create it on a page and then you share it with other creative people. But there's a certain, you create a certain energy yeah. and you create a certain world that you all step into and you have to honor it, you know? And if you fight it, it will resist. So it's just a process. Whatever I went through on Tyrannosaur was, was the process of making Tyrannosaur. Mm -hmm. Whatever, however this film came out, it was just a process. For all its flaws and things that might not be slick yeah, about yeah. it and, you know, and perfectly directed and eloquent, you know, it just is what it is, man. Yeah. It's the best I could do at the time. Yeah. I went on a journey with it and I toiled and wrestled with it and I did all the things making my second film that I said I wouldn't do. I said I wouldn't be trapped by my first film, and, and I consciously was saying this is a new film. It's got a new, it's got new beats. It's got a new rhythm. You know, it's got all those things, and I won't fall into that kind of second album yeah, of course. syndrome. Yeah. And I did, because yeah. I realised that I'm going through a process. You can't get to, you can't get experience without going through something. You can't fast track yourself through an experience. And there was times when I was stuck, and part of that was to do with acting in it okay. as well, you know? Yeah. I, I kind of, because I acted in it, when I came away to edit it, I had about a week away from between wrapping sh sh the shoot and editing it. When I came to the edit, I couldn't separate myself from the experience of making it. Mm -hmm. So how did you in the end? It just took time. It just took time, you know, and it took my editor to sort of give me a kick up the arse, you know, and sort of, she, she made me realize what I'd done as an actor, you know, and she said, if this was somebody else's performance, how would you feel? And I said, I'd be very proud of them. She goes, well, why can't you feel that for yourself, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it just took time to separate. And there's things that I missed by being in it. Okay. You know? Such as? Maybe, maybe I might have covered odd scenes differently. Maybe I'd have you know, approach some shots differently, maybe I'd have, but maybe, 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 it's done. <laughs> it's done. It's done and it's fantastic, man. Um, Thank you. Uh, if you've any questions now for Paddy, and I'm sure you do, we have Ruby microphones. Yes, please, here in the fourth row, just wait for the microphone to reach you, please. Thank you. I got more beat up yesterday than making that. <laughs> <laughs> just to go on from that last point, uh, I just wanted to know who, who was sort of watching you while you were acting and sort of helping out or were you going nobody off? no no it's um it's a process you jump you jump in the water like this guy you know and you let the current take you and you it's a leap of faith no my producer came to people were asking oh i'll tell you the story this people were saying how's he gonna do it how's he gonna direct himself and it's like well i act you know there's just a camera there and i act and but the difference is I'm making the film, so all I've got to do is stand there and go, okay, mate, and then step there. And, you, you know, it sounds facetious, but it's true. Uh, but I had very, I had massive questions about it. I didn't want to act in it. I, 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 really, I really tried not to act in this film. And it just became apparent because of the way I write, and I write with people in my mind, that it, I, it was me. And, and I'd... I looked at so many other actors to do it and I thought, oh shit, I've got to do this. So I rang my producer and I said, listen, I think I'm going to have to do this. And he went, well, that's, that's great, you know. 
And then I'm thinking, will we get the funding for me to be in it though? Because maybe I'm not bankable enough to to, to act in my own film. And it was a, it was a serious question, you know. But he went back to the financiers, the, the execs, and they all said, "Well, we thought we Paddy was doing it anyway." They just assumed <laughs> that I was going to be in it. They didn't realise there was this little private battle going on up here. But I just, but I did audition myself for it. I did. <laughs> I got together. I got Paul Popperwell, who's in the film. We went up to Sheffield about six months, I think, before we filmed and uh, I just did a little test in a room with him and uh, it, it, it just worked, it worked and it made me think okay you can do it. Um, so then I just had to just go forward and have faith in, in it really. Can I just quickly ask, when you say are you bankable, how do you know how bankable you are like just in the, oh, world, in the world of not. producing a film? Oh, I don't know. I suppose it's how many DVD sales you've got in Korea or something. <laughs> I don't know. I honestly don't know. I don't know. I'm, I was, it was a joke. <laughs> what happens in, in brain injuries in the recovery period, there's like an 18-month window. And what's going to come back to you in memory is, is going to come back within that time frame. Nothing much beyond it. Um, and I'd thoroughly researched people who'd had brain injury and the effects it had on their behaviours. And um, and part of that frustration of Matty hitting out was the fact that he had no control and he had no sort of self-consciousness. There was no consequence of anything in his head. He was just like a, a, a big child, which is true. You know, so, and, and her dilemma is how do you deal with someone that you love who isn't the man that you married and who now is acting out, but it's not his fault. It's really not his fault. So, um, and, and luckily people do go through those phases after brain injury, but it does end. You know, they do get to a certain point of recovery where the brain repairs enough and the consciousness comes back enough that they don't behave in that, in that way anymore, so, yeah. Uh, any more questions? Yes, please, right up here, thank you. Yeah, thanks. Um, as a lifelong boxing fan as well, um, I thought it was tremendous. And I can't remember too many films that have, boxing films that have dealt with the aftermath of a fight in that way. And as boxing fans, we know that's always a possibility. Yeah. My question was, there's a lot of um, boxing personalities in the film, and I wondered how they reacted to you coming with this different type of story, especially a guy like Kel Brook, who is a current fighter who's been injured yeah. quite badly in his last two fights. I wondered how they reacted to you bringing this, this, this different type of story. The people in boxing were behind it massively. I mean, I, I made a choice to bring in at the press conferences. That, that's the real writers, that's, that's people, it's their job, real, real promoters in the ring. It was like the real MC and the people helping Matty in his rehabilitation were real occupational therapists who dealt with people with brain injury. So. Uh, rather than having people come in and play those parts, I just put Matty, I put the actor into that environment so they would just be doing their job but with this with this guy and they, they were amazing at that. As far as the boxing world, they know, they've seen it. People like Steve Bunce, Barry Jones couldn't box anymore. He's ringside. He couldn't do that because he got, had failed a brain scan. John Rawling, all these guys, and, and they've seen it. The Ingle Gym, they've seen it. They, they're well aware of the dangers, and fighters are aware of the dangers somewhere in the back of their mind. And at the time we filmed this, Cal hadn't got those injuries, you know. He'd, uh, 
he hadn't had the Golovkin and Spence fight. So, but they're well aware of it. It's a very unforgiving game, boxing, and uh, it can it can end in a night. You know, you can it, it can all be over for you in one night. I don't want to go into a, a talk about boxing, but one fight can ruin you, and and can leave psychological scars and physical scars that people just don't, young men just do not recover from. Um, but any fighter worth his salt, they'll, they'll deny it. They have to, to do what they do, but they're aware of the dangers. I've had boxers walk out of this because they couldn't take it. They couldn't take the fact that that was their life and that was what they go through. They came back and sat down. It wasn't out of a protest. It was because it was just too unbearable for them to face that possibility. Um, but I, the, the point of Journeyman, really, I suppose, it's, it wasn't to make an anti-boxing movie. I love boxing. And um, it was never my point. At the end, uh, somebody watched it and misinterpreted it. And, and I said, look, this guy, is, he's where he is because of boxing. When he crawls out of a river, the first place he goes to is his old boxing club, you know, and those guys get him back into shape enough so he can progress with his life and be around boxing. Um, so, but, um, you know, when, when the film gets released to a broader audience, we'll see, but um, I think people are well aware of what goes on. It's happening too often, I'm afraid. Uh, we have time for one last question. Who wants to have the last question? Right here at the very back, almost. Thank you. Thought I'd just get a question in. Uh, is there um, <laughs> is there something in you a need in you to play? Because you chose to play this guy to express yourself artistically, like this, or um, is it just what kind of comes to you, or is that just something I'm observing? <laughs> um. I don't know because it, it <laughs> to give you the honest answer, it, it creates a massive conflict because I've sat there and gone, why did I do that? Like, what do you want? Mm -hmm. What do you fucking want? You know, do you, do you want people to applaud you and give you trophies and go, what an incredible actor you played a vulnerable? What do you fucking want? You know, I'm being honest. I go, why do you even do this? Why bother? Mm. And I, I suppose. The only conclusion I can come to is that <sighs> we need stories like this. You know, we need stories about human beings in the world and we need people to tell those stories. And, and we need these stories portrayed. Um, I, I, I feel personally that we're at a point where we're, we're kind of losing this a little bit. We're losing that fucking humanity in things, that connection. That that idea of a love so f massive that it's too uncomfortable to see, you know. Um, I'm a, I, I might be an idiot for this. I'm not making films, you know, I don't think I'm going to make a film to heal the world, man, but I at least want you to walk out of here having some sort of grain of belief in humanity. You know, that's it. There's no other reason for me to do it. Otherwise, I may as well just fuck off home and go back on the dole or sweep floors in factories, you know, because what's the point? What's the point? So I do have conflict with playing these characters 
I do ask myself those questions. What do I want? What do you want from me? But I have, don't have the, the official answer. There was just a need in me. Maybe I'm looking for a stage. Maybe I'm looking for a platform. Maybe I'm looking to be seen, accepted, all those things. You know what I mean? Why do we do it? Does that Dustin Hoffman talks about being with Olivier when Olivier was dying and Olivier sat with his family. And he says, I'm, I get to ask this man a question. And he goes to Olivier, why do we do this? And Olivier says, you know, come close, come close. And he leans in and Olivier goes, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. And I think sometimes you just fucking simply going, <laughs> not look at me, I'm a peacock, I'm a show off. Just fucking look at me. Yeah. And I think there's, a, there's an element of that. And that's you, as but clear as I can you are, what? But you are sharing something. And I think yeah. that's what I'm recognising is that you do share something and yeah. you, you feel that. And I'm interested in that and it was brilliant. So. Thank you, man. Fantastic. Uh, so a lovely note on which to end. Thank you so much for coming. Thanks for your questions. Thank you to brilliant Paddy Considine, everybody. This podcast was recorded from an event as part of the Directors UK programme. Directors UK is the professional association of all screen directors. We now have over 6,000 members and our work involves campaigning, lobbying and supporting the craft of directing in the UK. To find out more, please visit www.directors.uk.com.